Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Appreciate you joining us today. We are in the book of Mark, as you know, Mark chapter number two, and we're talking about some of these great stories in the ministry of Jesus. Uh, John told us at the end of his gospel that if we were to write everything about uh, the life and ministry of Jesus, even the libraries of the world couldn't hold all the the, the stories, and I think one of the great things about heaven will be just seeing some of these stories and hearing uh, the the firsthand account of all of these healings and helpings and salvations, and it's going to be a great day. But for now, let's examine what God chose to include in His Holy Word for our benefit. Remember, uh, these things were written for us, for our edification. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect or spiritually mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And God wants to use his word to help us to be the kind of people that we only can be uh, with the help of his spirit and the word of God. That's the way by which we become more like Jesus. The spirit of God applies the word of God to the heart of the child of God so that we can become more like the Son of God. That's sanctification. So look at Mark chapter 2 and verse number uh, 13. We, we talked a bit about the miracle of the man that was let down through the roof. The, the big miracle was the fact that he was forgiven of his sins, uh, but to validate the authority of Christ in the performing of that miracle, he was also healed of his paralysis. Great, great story. And now we find Jesus down by the seashore. Uh, we, we talked about this just briefly at the end of the last episode. So verse number 13, And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him. I mean, it just seems like in this point in Jesus' ministry, wherever he goes, the crowd is following him. And it says in verse 13, And he taught them. So again, Jesus is on mission. The most important part about his mission is the message. So he's teaching them. And watch what happens now in this teaching session by the seaside. Verse number uh, verse number 14. And as he passed by, he saw Levi. So Levi is one name, but the other name given this man is the name Matthew. So the gospel of Matthew written by Matthew, that's who this is. So the Bible says, he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus. And of course, we know Levi is the name of the son of Jacob that was the priest, uh, the priestly uh, tribe, the Levites, those that would serve in the temple and serve around the tabernacle before the temple. So Levi would be a name that would be a very religious name, uh, a name that would have significance. And I say that because Levi or Matthew, was not a religious person at all. In fact, he was a publican. And a publican was one who was willing to partner with Rome 
and collects ta- collect taxes from the Jews. And the way that the publican would be paid is he would collect taxes and he would get a percentage, kind of almost like a bonus, of the taxes he collected. So you can only imagine that publicans were really viewed lowly by the Jewish people. They were those that had sold out their nation, those that had sided with Rome. Matter of fact, a, a, a publican wasn't even allowed in the synagogue, wasn't allowed to worship in the temple. A, a, a publican was one that viewed money and status with Rome as more important than one's walk with God. So Levi, although he has a great religious name, is one that apparently has sold out Judaism for the almighty dollar. We, we see the same thing with the story of Zacchaeus later on in the, in the ministry of Jesus there in Luke chapter 19. So Jesus goes by Levi by the seaside. He's the, well, look at it, verse number 14. He's the son of Alphaeus sitting at the receipt of custom. So we all know what custom tax is. So he's collecting tax from those that that use the the Sea of Galilee. Uh, No doubt those that travel along that seashore road. uh, That was a popular uh, traveling spot there by Capernaum. That's where the road to Damascus went north. And it was a, a crossroads of sorts Uh, Capernaum was. That's why you had a Roman presence in Capernaum. A centurion was in, in, and we'll talk about him later in our study, was in Capernaum, which meant there were at least 100 soldiers that lived in in that city. And so this was a, a, a crossroads place. This was an important place. And this was a place where Rome loved to collect taxes. And Levi sat at the receipt of custom. So it seems that he was a major player. It seems that he was a chief publican. And so probably hated by the Jewish people of that area. People like Peter, Andrew, James, and John that worked that lake for their fishing business. They had to no doubt pay taxes to Levi. No doubt they hated this man and were at odds with him. And yet now something very amazing is about to happen uh, with Levi. So look at verse number 14 again. So as Jesus passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said unto him, amazing, follow me. And he arose and followed him. Is that not astounding that Jesus now looks at this publican, not even allowed to practice Judaism religiously. And yet Jesus looks at him. And of course, Jesus knows uh, the thoughts. We saw that last episode. Jesus knows what's in a man's heart. And he saw in Levi, a man that had a desire, a man that was listening, a man that uh, had potential to put it in that sense. And he said to Levi, follow me. And immediately Levi left his business. He left uh, the all of what he had sold out his countrymen for, and he began to follow Jesus. Well, what a what a call of grace that Jesus is willing to deal with people that even religion has cast out. Jesus is willing to deal with people that perhaps even his own followers, like Peter and Andrew and James and John, would have dismissed. And yet Jesus 
called him to service. Uh, one of the things I love most about uh, Jesus and Christianity and all of it is that a God is no respecter of persons. And sometimes the people that see their need to follow the Lord most poignantly are those that are, are, are more aware of their sinfulness. Is it not interesting that in the ministry of Jesus, those that followed Jesus most readily were the publicans and the sinners, those that had nothing to lose? They didn't care what people thought about them. They were already the off-scouring of society. They didn't care what people thought about them. They had already been rejected, and they were willing to follow Jesus. I think that's why the Bible says in James chapter uh, 2 that God hath chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him. Why? Because they, they more readily invest their faith. They, they don't have to rely upon well, here, Matthew, he's a, probably a rich man, but he has, no, uh, he has no standing inside of Jewish society. Uh, he, he probably has gotten what he wants, uh, this money, but he realizes, I don't want what I got. And there's an emptiness, and there's a, 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 a desire. And Jesus capitalizes on that and says, Matthew or Levi, follow me. And he leaves everything to follow the Lord. What, what a great experience. Salvation, discipleship, all wrapped up in one as Levi follows the Lord. Now, watch what happens in verse number 15. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at me in his house. So what's the first thing that Levi does? Very similar to what Zacchaeus does in Luke 19. He invites Jesus to his home. They can't go to the synagogue. Levi is not permitted there, but he, he goes to the home of Levi. And who else is there? Well, look at verse number 15. Many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many and they followed him. So it seems that Matthew or Levi follows the Lord. And because he's a man of influence, uh, other people like him, the publicans and sinners, they also say, wow, if Jesus would accept him, if Jesus would call him, if there's hope for that guy, then there must be hope for me too. And Matthew holds this feast. He has this get together at his house and all these others that no doubt thought that there was no chance for them. All these others that have been cast out from Jewish religious society, they all gather together at Matthew's house, at Levi's house, and they have a feast together. And Jesus is accepting of all of them. Indeed, he is a friend of publicans and sinners, a friend of Jesus. Jesus, friend of sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul. I'm glad that Jesus is a friend of sinners because if he weren't, he wouldn't be my friend. And Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. I came not to call the righteous unto repentance, but the sinners. That's not to say that there are righteous people, but he called, he came to save those that would recognize their need. And these publicans and sinners, these friends of, of Levi, they realize that there's hope in Jesus. Now look at verse number 16 of our text. 
And the Bible says, and when the scribes and Pharisees saw, when they saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, they were, they were not bold enough to come and challenge Jesus about this. They weren't bold enough to tell Jesus, hey, you're wrong. Uh, no, they're, they're not quite there yet. But when they saw this feast and these publicans and sinners that they would never associate with, that they have expelled from their religious community. But when they saw Jesus eating with them, they came to the disciples of Jesus and they said, how is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? Help us with this. How is your master, how is he eating with those that we're supposed to stay away from, that Jewish religious society has repudiated this does not seem right. And, and let me just say this, the disciples of the Lord, they're probably wondering the same thing. So the, these religious leaders are really preying upon them, trying to alienate Jesus. Well, why would he do something so, so uh, audacious? Why would he do something that is just so socially unacceptable as to eat with publicans and explain this? Is it not interesting that Jesus did things in his ministry that were culturally aberrant? Uh, he did things that were culturally and societally unacceptable. And yet Jesus never made a mistake, did he? Jesus never did anything that was wrong. And what we're finding is that the gospel attracts all kinds and invites all people. And there's always going to be a skepticism and even a, uh, a suspicion on the part of religion when the gospel goes to places that religion will not go, when the gospel invites people that religion will not invite. Now, we're going to see the way this story unfolds next episode. We don't want to get into it now because we're kind of out of time, but wow. What, what breadth the gospel has and what power it has. And we're going to see the way that Jesus ultimately answers this critical question, but we're going to have to wait until the next, next episode to do that. So hope you'll join us for it. Thanks for your faithfulness. Hope you have a great day today in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.